0: in uh, Montreal, and a couple of his students uh, uh, are going to make a presentation on their research work. So the students are going to cover off uh, uh, what they've done. Uh, the master's student, uh, Kayan, will do that, and then uh, Uma will talk about how she's going to take that work and uh, continue on with it, and uh, in terms of uh, earthquake loss estimation for the, for the Montreal area. So that'll happen as well, and then we can have a discussion afterwards from there. And, uh... I'm just... Uh, before we get going, I'll, I'll roll through and I'll make sure that I've got everybody on the list that uh, that's on the line, so we know all know who's here. Uh, here I've got uh, Nikki Hastings, uh, Jorge Prieto, uh, Murray Journey and myself. I've heard from... Uh, Jamie Kaplan, Rick Guthrie, uh, Brenna Riley, Dan uh, Uma, uh, Luke, and Chris Holm, and Chris Larue. plate closure. And did I miss anybody else?
1: Patricia Martel, Emergency Management Ontario. Hi, Patricia. Glad you could join. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be here.
2: Miro Nasser, GSC Quebec. Hi, Miro. Hi. Anyone else?
0: All right, we'll get going then. So I had uh, two primary announcements, um, and Chris and I talked a little bit about this before others joined, is that uh, we reiterate that we're going to have a face-to-face meeting at the Canadian Risk and Hazards Network Symposium in October. And that symposium is is in Ottawa this year. It's October 19th. the 21st, and uh, you can get information about the symposium on the CRHNET website. That's uh, www.crhnet.ca, and it gives you the background on the symposium and uh, details about where it is and all that kind of stuff. And also, uh, in addition to sitting down and having a discussion like we are now, uh, we're uh, able to have a special session for presentations on the themes of our user group. So that'd be, uh, in this case, uh, the, the use of hazards and, and loss estimation in, in risk assessment. And, and for our other user group on, on risk assessment, uh, they're included with this, the same group uh, at the uh, symposium. So if you haven't done it already and you want to give a talk, whip over to that website www.crhnet.ca, and uh, they have an online abstract submission form and you can just pop your stuff in there. headline uh, deadline was May 15th, but I'm pretty sure they're extending it, so uh, don't hesitate to stick it in. It probably goes uh, at least till the end of May in terms of the abstract submission. But um, so feel free to, to stick that in. The more we have, the better opportunity we have to uh, uh, make an argument for having a similar session when CRHNet comes to Vancouver in 2012. And uh, so uh, I'll leave that with you. The, uh, summer's coming up. We all cross our fingers. The weather hasn't been the greatest for summer, but uh, it should arrive someday. Uh, so we're going to have uh, another uh Canadian has its users group meeting like this on the teleconference in June, so the third Wednesday in, in June. Uh, I won't be here for it, but there, you'll have someone else run it for you uh, at this end, facilitate. And, uh, and then we're going to take the summer off. We're going to take July and August off, and uh, we convene in September. The scheduling, the numbers, everything will stay the same, so it'll still be the third Wednesday of the month and uh, at 10.30 to 11.30 Pacific time, one thirty to 2.30 in the, the central region. Uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll be reconvening there. And then the, the next meeting after that will coincide with the uh, symposium in Ottawa and, and we'll be convening there face-to-face. Uh, and I'm not sure whether we'll have teleconference uh, capability while we're at the conference. Um, for our people who can't make it there. So that's some uh, general
3: background. Anyone have uh, any contributions, questions before we dive
0: into the group uh, from McGill? That's it, eh? All right, then. Okay, uh, Luca, I'll pass it over to you and uh, Kayan and uh, Uma. And uh, we'll go from there. I understand you have a PowerPoint prepared and that you will send that to us and we can upload it for others to use uh, in the future to relate to your talk. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, Jamie and Brenna can put it up on the Canhug site um, when it's available. Okay. Uh, Yeah, sorry we couldn't do it uh, ahead of time. We
3: were just kind of uh, working at the last minute here. But uh, so Kayan, will start. And uh, she'll talk a little bit about the work she did for her master's thesis. And then it will be followed up by Uma and, uh, using some of the work uh, by KN now to push forward and look at other aspects of hazards in Montreal. So I'll let the how the uh, present her work.
2: Thank
3: you. This is you
2: speaking. Uh, I'm glad to present my work today at the conference. In today's presentation, Uma and I I'm going to uh, divide the presentation two parts. The first part, I will be talking about seismic vulnerability assessment. Um, That's what the work I've done for my master's students. And uh, Uma is going to follow up by her current work on post earthquake evacuation planning and some future work she's she's planning to do in her PhD work. Okay, first I'm going to start with the uh, seismic vulnerability assessment. I am going to uh, give a brief introduction of the project and uh, follow-up by data collected for the project and uh, pointing out some key results uh, from the study. So the study region we choose is the city of Montreal, which covers 522 census tracts with a population about one point six million. The reason choosing uh, the city of Montreal is our study region. Uh, two. First, it has high risk, which is defined by its uh, high population density and older building infrastructures. And the second reason is because we have extensive study on soil profile of the island and the building data available from us from the city of Montreal that makes that makes a good place to develop our data set to be used in hazard. Uh, For my project, the scope was to use Hazards to estimate damage of the general building stock after earthquake and the resulting uh, socioeconomic losses from it. The software I used is Hazards MH4, and uh, I have a flow chart which shows the framework of the project and the methodology of Hazards that's going to be available in the presentation slides. I'm just going to um, point out the main point. That is, uh, the first step of the project is to define scenarios that are uh, based on a 2% 50-year earthquake hazard and derive ground motion maps and the scenarios from it, which is uh, coupled with uh, ground failure that comes from uh, other uh, potential earth hazards such as their perfection and landslides. The results are taken into hazards as inputs uh, with the general building stock generated from our data set and essential facilities to get uh, direct physical damage of the general building stock and essential facilities uh, to be used in evaluation of uh, direct social and economic losses, such as building economic loss, shelter requirements, and casualties. Uh, as for data collection, the first part is to use, uh, to select scenarios to be used in hazards. For that, we did the aggregation for uh, three different using three different ground motion prediction equations. And from the aggregation, we are able to uh, define the magnitude and location of events with highest contribution to the two percent interseismic. Uh, earthquake A uh, Total of 38 scenarios are selected and divided to generate ground motion maps. Three ground motion prediction equations are used. They are AB95, AB06, and a 8 Since hazards only has AB95 set up in the software, the ground motion predict the ground motion maps uh, from AB06 and AO8 are generated by. Using ArcGIS and uh, supply to hazards as user supply maps. As for uh, hazard maps, we have core maps um, collected and prepared using ArcGIS. They are soil classification maps, liquefaction susceptibility map, landslide densel- susceptibility map, and groundwater tables. The most important map of these four is the soil map which uh, was prepared using data collected from previous McGill studies. Uh, There are four major sources for that. The first one is MBM vibration test. Uh, It's the past project in McGill. It collected 1,586 data points on the island of Montreal and more for Laval and Longay. And uh, we also have uh, MASW measurements, high-resolution studies, to make imaging and downhose. Without this data, we were able to derive a PS-30 map, a soil classification map, and supply it to hazards. Uh, The other three maps supplied groundwater depth, disinfection susceptibility map, and land-size susceptibility map. That covers the uh, data collected for uh, potential earth science hazards. And the the data collected for building stock is mainly from a property tax database, Rule 2009, provided by the City of Montreal. In this database, we are able to generate four of the five key general building stock data sets Uh, namely, the square footage by occupancy, building count by occupancy, replacement value by occupancy, and building content. and inventory value by occupancy. The only database missing is the general mapping scheme, which we use the default hazards uh, mapping scheme. The reason of using that is because it's very difficult to collect uh, structural types for individual buildings and assessment design level. In order to verify the choice of uh, hazards, Mapping scheme, We did some building sample survey using mainly the residential building which cover uh, which is 95 percent of the building in Montreal. For that, we choose um, some random. We randomly sampled 500 uh, residential buildings to c- compare it with the uh, New York structural type distribution. We have found that the difference between these two is acceptable. But there are some differences between the structural type in Montreal and the structural type in New York. So therefore, we think we will update the mapping scheme in future projects, if possible. For population distribution, uh, we use two sources. The first one is census 2006. That gives us nighttime population distribution at 2 AM. For daytime of population, we use the OD uh, origin Destination survey, OD survey, to generate uh, a population distribution for 2 p.m. and uh, 5 p.m. And other demographic data collected are mainly from Census 2006 that covers the population distribution by age and ethnic group, the income group, and some building related data such as average rent and uh, average construction year, which is required in. Has a demographic data input. We've also collected the essential facility locations, and that was uh, imported into Hazard as well. So, as summary of the data input, we have four hazard maps, soil classification map, uh, land susceptibility map, liquefaction susceptibility map, and ground table. We have the ground motion parameter map for uh, our 38 scenarios. And the general building stock, essential facility as our building inventory, and uh, population distribution as our demographic. Uh, To point out some key findings, I'm going to talk about the findings that's interesting in general building stock and the socioeconomic process. For general building stock, we have found that uh, if uh, we increase the magnitude of the earthquake, the uh, damage in building stocks will increase exponentially. And also, we found that uh, the choice of ground motion prediction equations has a large impact on the results. By choosing a different ground motion prediction equation, the result for the same magnitude and distance scenario, we can have uh, direct physical damage varies by 100 times. For social economic losses, we found it is proportional to the building direct physical damage, and uh, the uh, the building direct economic losses is around is between zero point seven billion to three billion, and the displaced households is around two thousand five hundred. The shelter needs is around uh, one thousand four hundred people. As for casualties we found that the highest casualty occurs at 2 p.m. during the daytime, and the injury is around 500. And location-wise, we found that the most severely damaged area is downtown Montreal, and the structural type, uh, uh, the most vulnerable structural type is masonry building. So this study validated the hazards is a very useful tool in large-scale vulnerability assessment in the Canadian setting. Although the data the data collection process is long and uh, there is some difficulties in converting the data into hazards required format, but it is a very potent. It is a very useful tool and uh, it can be used in other uh, projects. And also, uh, this study provides some results uh, that can be used for future mitigation-related studies, such as um, the study Uma is going to talk about uh, uh, for her Ph.D. project. So I'm going to let Uma talk about her current work and her uh, plan for the future work.
4: Thanks, Gia. Based on Kian's research, it is observed that out of 522 census tracts, 41 census tracts suffer intensive building damage. Among these, 70% are located in Kilamari, Plateau, Montreal, and Courtenay, making this neighborhood most seismic vulnerable areas in Montreal. For my research, I have selected Kilamari as a case study because of high vulnerability of seismic damage. Moreover, Bilamari uh, is an important location for various types of economic activities, and population density is around 5,500 uh. per square kilometer. 15% land is occupied for commercial use, whereas residential building occupancy dominates, is around 78%. And median building construction year in Bilamari is 1910. So, seismic this assessment of components of built environment of this area is an important aspect of research. My research will focus on post-artquake evacuation planning for the For the evacuation planning of this area, I have selected two scenarios. One is arbitrary event and another one is probabilistic event. Earthquake location for the arbitrary event is downtown Montreal at magnitude 7. That is categorized as major earthquake that can cause serious damage to larger areas. For the probabilistic event, location of the earthquake is 30 kilometers northwest of Montreal and the magnitude is 7. It has 7% contribution to hazard in 20% in 50 years hazard period. Before doing evacuation planning, it is necessary to estimate the number of evacuees who need short-term shelters Haju's MS4 software was used to estimate the numbers. For downtown scenario, 9,831 household, and for scenario 2, uh, 14 households require short-term shelter. The next step is the identification of optimal transportation routes for evacuation for the earthquake-affected people in Kilimanjaro. I have some assumptions for travel demand modeling here. Earthquake occurrence time significantly affects the number of casualties since traffic pattern and population distribution in different views are seen. In this study, two scenarios are developed to model the impact of earthquake on transportation system. Assume earthquake has occurred during 2 p.m. and during winter time. That means people cannot take shelters to the nearest open space and park. Trip generation is calculated from the zone having damaged building, and trip attraction will be increased due to presence of hospitals and shelters. Trip attraction is calculated based on the capacity of shelters. Visits and overpasses that have the probability of failure except slight damage is more than 0. 0.5 are considered to be impassable. Travel time for origin to destination zone is calculated from the deterministic user equilibrium model. where this model, as the driver, always choose the shortest path. Network analyst software is used to calculate the shortest path based on travel time. Later on, I have estimated travel time from origin to shelter. For the study area, two primary schools were selected for upgrade shelters having adequate capacity and necessary facilities. For downtown scenario, estimated evacuation time from origin to shelter range from 3.2 minutes to 1 hour and for scenario 2, estimated evacuation time ranges from 1 minute to 26 and a half minutes. Considering the highway component failure, 23 drones are affected and evacuation time increased for both scenarios. The range of percentage change of traffic time increased from 3% to 283% compared to base case without highway component failure of the study area. In conclusion, I want to mention that due to downtown earthquake, 9831 households require short-term shelters. When the location of earthquake is 30 km northwest from Montreal, there is no significant impact on, of infrastructure. However, level of damage of infrastructure varies significantly when the earthquake occurred at same magnitude but at closest location to the study area. Evacuation time varies based on extra traffic flow and distance from origin to attraction point, that is shelters and hospitals. However, the evacuation time changed drastically due to highway component damage for downtown scenario. Uh, what I have depicted in this presentation is a preliminary work of my PhD research that I have done so far. My future research will concentrate on the estimation of highway components and utility facility dam- damage using Hajjou for all thirty eight scenarios based on two percent in fifty years. Moreover, I want to apply open evacuation modeling system to estimate the evacuation damage for all scenarios in Hong Thank you.
2: Yeah that concludes our presentation and is there any questions or comments?
0: anyone, anyone have any anything they would like to ask? I know I got a bunch of questions. I'll hold off for a bit. All right, I'm going to dive in. Okay. On um, and uh, has Montreal City Council or, or Montreal City staff uh, used the results of your work? Uh,
3: well, uh, you know, today I'm just the minister, or you know, we're uh, presenting also the results to, uh, to the city of Montreal now, and I think. Uh, you know maybe i, I can see the, the first application of this uh, might be uh to review a little bit uh, uh right now there are several shelters that have been identified throughout the city and i, I guess uh, based on these results uh looking at the allocation of the population to various shelters i think that's, uh, that will be of interest uh, to the city so uh i think that that might be uh you know the the first impact in terms of uh of planning um the other uh, place where I, I can see that this work is going to have an impact, uh, an immediate impact, is that uh, uh, we've been also talking with the people uh, in charge of uh, bridges and tunnels in Montreal. Yep. And uh, one of the important things for them is to uh, identify uh, which bridges are strategic. And I think the work that Kayan is doing, looking at the mobility of people uh, after an earthquake, uh, either transiting to hospitals or transiting to shelters, and how they they might be affected by how the the bridges uh, have uh, performed during an earthquake uh, will be important in in, uh, identifying uh, or or ranking uh, the bridges in terms of their strategic importance. So um, for short
0: term, I I see that as being maybe the most direct. uh Great. Thank you. Anyone else have another question? Yeah, question. questioned uh, Maurice, your name, here in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, uh, you mentioned that uh, by varying the ground motion uh, models, uh, you had uh, you ended up with quite a, a variety of, of outputs.
3: I was wondering if you could comment on what the influence of your um, uh, site amplification and uh, liquefaction models were on the, uh, the damage and loss estimates. By how much did they, uh, they influence the final results?
2: Uh, we have found that the uh, the most uh, influential factor is the choice of ground motion prediction equation. Uh, in my study, I did not compare uh, by using site amplification or not, uh, the damage will vary. But uh, things being the liquefaction and landslide susceptibility map are really preliminary, uh, we are trying to modify it with a better data to uh, to validate the uh, use of the, uh, the map. So there will be future works after that.
3: Okay, great, thank you. Anyone else? Can uh, okay, a question? We don't ask here from Quebec City. Uh, you mentioned that you compared Montreal building stock with the one from New York City. Can you
1: elaborate more on that a little bit?
2: Okay. Um, it was very difficult for us to collect the structural type data, so we decided to use New York, New York uh, default inventory for structural type, and with some um, just some sampling survey on some of the buildings in Montreal. Mostly, we focused on the uh, residential buildings because they are. They consist of 95% of the building stock in Montreal. What is found is uh, for single family uh, houses, the difference is very small. And for, uh, for mid rise and high rise uh, residential buildings, there is some difference. We have uh, more concrete buildings than uh, New York and uh, more wood buildings than New York. So that's uh, the this some of the differences, and also since the uh, mid-rise and high-rise buildings only consist of a very small part of the building stock, then we conclude that yeah, the choice of new building stock will not uh, affect the final result that much.
3: But you aggregated uh, building stock data on census tracts, is that right? Correct.
2: Uh, the building stock that I use is from the city of Montreal, from the tax uh, property tax database. So the database does not include any structural types, but uh, I do uh, aggregate the data on the census tract, uh, on the census tract level. So the building value and building numbers are uh, they they the current situation in Montreal. It's only the structural type that, uh, that might be different.
3: Okay. Thank you. Can uh, I have a question
1: here for you? Okay. can you speak louder, Nikhil? Um. Can you mentioned another specific uh, data set that you were using to calculate where people were at at different times of the day, other than? I
2: know, what, what's that data for I Uh It's the uh, origin destination survey 2003. It's the data that uh, provided by, uh, from uh, transportation. transportation. That's, uh, that's a survey originally designed to uh, check what's the travel time and the commuting time uh, for people. It's a 5% uh, sampling survey but it does have uh, the coordinate for the origin and destination of each trip, okay. and also there's, uh, there's a factor we can use to calculate the population, so uh, that's how we get our population distribution for daytime. Okay. Good.
1: Another question I have for you is uh, when you calculated where the people who are resting in the vacant that's information where did you get that information? <laughs> I'm sorry I can't hear you clearly. Um the piece of information you collected in the demographics table on rental and owners? Yes.
2: Where did you collect that piece of information from? Um that's from Census Track, two thousand and six. Okay. Okay. Great.
1: Well congratulations on Thank you. Thank you for your help during my work. Anyone else have a question? I
0: had I had another one uh, and that. Okay, You mentioned the landslide map inclusion. How, do, how did you incorporate uh, that work in, into your uh, calculation?
2: Uh, basically, I used the methodology recommended by Hazard. Uh, it's from the technical menu uh, of Hazard's user menu, uh, Hazard's technical menu of Hazard's image four. In there, they outline uh, methodology we can use to create a landslide susceptibility map. And uh, basically the only input for that is the geological uh, map, the surface geological map and groundwater table. We have both, so we were able to develop a very preliminary uh, landslide susceptibility map and uh, import import it into Hazard. Hazards uh, used the landslide and liquefaction sustainability map to uh, create a landslide and liquefaction probability for each scenario, and that comes as one of the methods of uh, ground failure, and uh, in evaluating the, uh, gen- the direct physical damage of buildings, uh, hazards were taking into account ground failure with uh, ground motion, so that's how it's incorporated.
0: Alright, great. Thank you. And uh, I had a question for Uma on uh, transportation. Does all of the transportation in your model is vehicle-based, uh, four-wheel sort of motorized thing like cars and buses. Is that right?
2: Yeah.
0: I wondered about bicycles.
4: Um, actually, I did not consider uh, bicycle for my uh, research. Um, I was assuming that during evacuation, people will use
0: their phone vehicle. Okay. I, I've been noticing in, in uh, media reports from earthquakes in Christchurch and other places, often the people who are most able to get around are the people that are using a bicycle. And so I was curious about whether there's any advantage to calculating it out and uh essentially sharing the results of that to encourage people to be prepared to have bicycles as a transportation mechanism
4: uh yeah this might be an interesting uh topic of research but what will happen if earthquake occurs during winter time is it possible to evacuate people by using bicycles that's a very um, good point for a canadian
0: living in vancouver of course why would i think of that <laughs>
4: Uh, On the other hand, actually, I was thinking that the city of Montreal will uh, provide evacuation vehicles so that uh, the traffic flow can be minimized if they provide, for example, buses. Okay. Uh, Moreover, the people who who don't have the car, they can take advantage from the authorities' provided vehicles.
0: All right. Thank you. Anyone else with questions? Well, maybe I just want to comment. You know that uh, Uma is just starting on, on this topic, so I, I think uh, you know uh, I think there's some interesting issues there, and I, I think uh, you know if you have any suggestions uh, from that point
3: of view, like uh, the one that was made about bicycles, I think this is uh, an interesting point. You know, in a Maybe we should look into that also. Um, so, I, so as I mentioned, you know, the, the important thing at, at this point, I, I think the first impact of this will be uh, you know, maybe uh, identifying the strategic bridges because we do see that they have an impact on the mobility, and, uh, especially for uh, emergency vehicles. So it's not just for population, but it's also for uh,
0: emergency vehicles that this, uh, this mobility uh, because becomes important. Yeah, I, I can see that. There's a lot of emphasis here, too, in, in the work that we're doing on, on the essentially control points along the transportation issues. All right. Thank you very okay. much for that. That was great.
1: Thank
0: you. I really appreciate the effort you put in and the time you spent making this happen for us. It was, it was a good overview. Thanks.
3: We oui, merci, Luke. Merci, Ken. Welcome. Merci. So uh, we'll look forward to posting the,
0: the uh, presentation and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, we have a uh, little bit more time if people want to discuss other issues before we sign off. Uh, I was going to put Nikki on the spot if somebody else didn't have uh, anything uh, on uh, that they, they wanted to put on the table. But I'll open the floor first. Hi, Bert. This is Kate
5: Folger. I was just wondering when the
1: uh, canvas. Risk- Site will, be, or site will be up
0: and running again. I'm wondering the same thing. <laughs> I've just written the, the, um, the uh, webmaster for that who's trying to do the transfer and, and to get an update, and I haven't got one yet. Uh, we had a conversation last week about the technical trouble, and there's typical software compatibility issues between the server in Ottawa and the one in Vancouver where we're trying to load it, and they haven't been resolved. So I don't have the answer in a predicting when it'll happen. I'm All I can do is put pressure on the people who know how to do it and, uh, and cross my fingers that they can help. So I'll, I'm sorry I can't be more
1: explicit. Yeah, well, if you could just send me a quick email letting me know when it comes back up, I could um, forward or upload some of those documents that I was hoping to put up.
0: Yeah, I that. I been pushing because I, I know that uh, you have a good suite of information to add, and particularly it would give us an example of uh, how uh, the, the resources could be used. But certainly I'll, I'll let everybody know when it's back up. Uh, we have lots of other reasons why we use that site, and so we're really keen to get it going again. All
5: right, thanks. Hi, Murray, Sorry, uh, Bert, Chris
0: in uh, Ottawa here. I'm still looking into that RSS feed. uh, Tried three times with no answer. Thank you, Chris. I'm glad you're still trying. It would be nice to have. I I know uh, at the moment, um, uh, a feed from uh, FEMA are being used as a a substitute. Some of them are relevant, but a lot of them are particular to the U.S., uh, um, so if, if there were contributions that public safety made on an ongoing basis in terms of, of announcements, that, that would be great. Yeah, maybe it's a security issue. I'm not certain, but uh, I'll ping them again tomorrow. All right. Thank you. I know there's uh, lots of things happening across the country in terms of uh, hazard issues that we're all facing at the moment. There's lots of activity and of, of spring floods uh, uh Across North America, as people are dealing with, and there's a lot of energy is being put into that. And uh, similarly, they've just started the fire season in Alberta, so that's another added issue that we're dealing with. Absolutely. So there's lots
3: of pressure for people's time in, in the emergency management business to, uh, to deal with
0: those issues at the moment. Whatever happens in Vancouver. <laughs> We, uh, we generally have flood issues here and landslide issues, and uh, uh, along with uh, uh, man made hazards associated with port facilities and others for uh, transport of goods. Nancy tells me she's just riding her bike all the time up the mountain. No hazards. No, that's how we get around if there's a hazard, man. We just get on the bike and go. <laughs> get out. <laughs> all right. Anyone else? All right, so what I was going to ask Nikki was if you could give an update on the uh, Canadian version of HABs and the things that are being input and, and what some of the content of the, the new version for the North American version might be.
1: Thanks, Bert, for putting you in a spot. <laughs> being prepared. So it's, the Canadian version is in the works right now. Um, we've transferred uh, what we've developed here as far as an SY boundary, those of you know the details and guts of We've taken the Census Canadian information, um, all the geography boundaries for all across Canada, and and matched the same system set up in the United States. Um, we've also provided some of the demographic information that can be added. So what it will be is basically a shell with um, and basic building information. We've, it's going to be a Canadian, Canada side. There'll be a shell with all the de- Canadian demographics, basic Canadian building information. And um, and then we're also, our our focus has been on the seismic component. So we're taking the um,
3: Canadian seismic parameters from the National Building Code of Canada and matching them up to what's in the
1: existing houses right now because some of the parameters are slightly different. So we've actually just finished running a run to create those parameters that match. Um, We'll also be including historic earthquakes and uh, major faults um, for Canada as well. So that's... The version will be coming out, it will be coming out in fall 2011, fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly, um, and it will include those pieces. So it, that when it, when you come to the option of creating your study region, you'll have a choice of what country you want to choose from, whether you want to choose the United States, Canada, or other. So then, you know, you choose your option and then you create a study region the same way, but you won't have to go around the issue of trying to input your Canadian data sets into one of the states and trying to manipulate it, modify it with all the
0: coding. So that's the plan right now. Great, thank you. Does anyone have any questions about that? Shouldn't talk over each other like that. It becomes white noise and I can't hear a thing. So maybe important fact is that uh, from this fall, all the new versions of Hanzo that will come up will consider Canadian Canadian data, and this will largely facilitate uh, houses use uh, SKN and the KT Blazer mentioned. They have to trick houses in order to use houses for Canada for Canadian cities. From this fall
3: on, we will use it as simple as that. Just choose the country, choose the province, and go on. That
2: would be great.
1: <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> I don't, don't want to raise expectations too high, but uh, it
0: is a hope for the fall, so uh, uh, we're all crossing our fingers. We're still struggling with some of the data sets, but uh, it, it all looks pretty good. Anyone have any last-minute contributions before we sign off? Uh, Jamie, do you have any uh, uh up, updates on what's going to happen with the uh,
5: the Herc and contributions from there. Um, I don't have any big updates except we do have a conference call next um, Tuesday from four thirty to five thirty mm-hmm. Eastern mm-hmm. time.
3: Someone had left the conference.
1: Okay. All right. Bird, I'm sorry. You were. I apologize.
5: We were recording. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Bert. I think we were on mute. Um, this is Jamie. We do have a Herc call next week on Tuesday from 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern Time. Oh,
3: super. Okay.
5: And I'll send out, um, later today actually I'm going to send invites to that, but there's information posted on the Use Houses website, and the um, dial-in number and PIN number are posted on the Use houses website as well for that call. All right. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Because a lot of the people on this call are from the academic angle, and so the higher education uh, consortium that you've got there may be of interest to
5: them. That would be great. Yeah, I'd love to have them on the call. And, and again, if you just, when you go to the usehouses.com website um, under the hugs, then you'll look for the higher education um, web page, or you can look on the national hug, uh, call page. The national call page lists all the information.
0: Sure. Thank you very much.
5: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Alright, thanks a lot for uh, the contribution from the McGill group again. It was it was super. Uh, and thank you all for participating, and uh, we'll catch you again
2: in uh, mid-June. Thank you. thank you very much. Thank you, Bert. Thank you. <laughs> So the, I'm the hurt pain.